morning. If you have your Bibles, please turn to the book of Luke, chapter 19. Luke, chapter 19. It's good to see everybody again, at least some of you. I think uh, a good part of our church is still off in various parts of the country and world, but it's good to uh, see somebody this morning. Um, my family and I, we had an opportunity to take a vacation for the last few weeks. We had a, a, an incredible vacation, uh, but it is very good to be back to see you again this morning. If you're wondering, the stuff on my face is a vacation leftover. Uh, it happens on vacation sometimes, and occasionally it, it escapes and makes it out of vacation for a little while. So. Uh, we've been, I've been preaching through the book of Luke, and I'm now in Luke chapter 19. We'll be reading this morning verses 1 through 10, Luke 19, verses 1 through 10. Before we read, let's pray. Father, it's just so good to join with my brothers and sisters here this morning. Father, good to be back home with family. Lord, we thank you. We know it's your good plan to call us in to local church families where we can be known and we can know uh, others and we can be encouraged uh, to run our races together. And uh, Father, we know, we just confess as a local church family that we need a daily dose of your word. We believe, Father, that you sent us your word. You breathed out this book for our eternal good. And Father, we know that along with this book here, we need your Spirit to enlighten our hearts, illumine our hearts, turn the light bulbs on so we might see something more than just black words on a white page here. So Father, we just ask again that you would do it this morning. Uh, Father, you would send your Spirit throughout this room. You would fill us with your Spirit, and you would cause this word here, this book here, to be Spirit and to be life for us this morning. And we thank you for it. We trust you will do it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Jesus entered Jericho, and he was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacharias, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Amen. That story there is, is probably one of the more popular stories in the Bible, and it makes sense. It's a great story. It's a, uh, really a pretty humorous story when, when you stop and think about it. This little man perched high up in a tree kind of spying on Jesus. People have had a lot of fun with that story uh, throughout history. Little kids love to sing about it. Zacchaeus was a 
wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And it's not just kids who have had fun with this story. Charles Spurgeon, a famous preacher back in the 1800s, he had a a pastor's college, and on the college property was something called the Question Oak. It was a large oak tree where students would gather every Friday afternoon, and they could then ask Spurgeon any questions they wanted to ask him, which the students loved to do. But Spurgeon would also occasionally ask a student there to give an extemporaneous on-the-spot sermon on a text he had selected, which absolutely terrified most of the students to preach spontaneously in front of such a famous preacher. And one day Spurgeon asked a student to preach on Zacchaeus. So the student slowly and very nervously stood up and he said, Mr. President and brethren, my subject is Zacchaeus and it is therefore a most appropriate subject for me because first Zacchaeus was of little stature and so am I. Second, Zacchaeus was very much up a tree and so am I. And third, Zacchaeus made haste and came down and so will I. And he quickly sat back down. (laughs) And Spurgeon gave him a standing ovation. (laughs) And the students begged him to go on and Spurgeon said, what more could he say? It's perfect. Oh man, people have had a lot of fun with this story here, but this story is more than just a fun story. This is a very important story. It comes at a critical point here in the book of Luke. This is the last personal contact that Jesus will have before his triumphal entry into Jerusalem where he will eventually be crucified. And in this little story here, Jesus gives us his personal mission statement. Jesus, he shows us and he tells us here in just a few words why he came to earth. The, the reason or the purpose for his coming to earth. There are three main parts to this story here. And the first thing we see here, I believe, is a very lost sinner. Luke tells us that Jesus was passing through Jericho here. It's about 17 miles away from Jerusalem. In the passage right before this one, Jesus healed a blind man at the gates of Jericho. And Jesus is now passing through Jericho, his last stop on his way to Jerusalem. And Luke says that there was a man there in Jericho named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector. And if you've been following along with us here through the book of Luke, then you know that the tax collectors back in Jesus' day were absolutely despised by most Jews. Israel was under Roman control at this time. The Jews absolutely hated the Romans who controlled them. And the tax collectors were Jews who collected taxes from other Jews for the Romans. 
So the tax collectors were basically working for the enemy, and the tax collectors would also add dishonest personal surcharges to the taxes that they took from their fellow Jews, so they were essentially working for the enemy and growing rich off of their own people for doing it. The Jewish people hated the tax collectors by and large. And there was good reason. Most of the tax collectors were cheats and swindlers. And they were considered to be traitors to God and his people. And Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. That's the only time we find that phrase in the entire Bible. The only chief tax collector we run into in the entire Bible. This guy had worked his way up the ladder in this dishonest Roman IRS tax system. He'd done so well in it that he now didn't have to collect the taxes himself. Now he just organized the other tax collectors and took a major cut from their profits. And Luke says that Zacchaeus was rich. And I think that's probably an understatement. I think Zacchaeus was probably very rich. Filthy rich in the fullest sense of the term. This man here had probably cheated, swindled, extorted his way to a boatload of dirty money. (laughs) You know, it's easy to get the wrong idea about Zacchaeus. (laughs) You, 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 You sing this cute song about a wee little man enough And all of a sudden, you're you're kind of picturing Zacchaeus as this sweet little guy whose primary problem in life was just that he was vertically challenged. He was a pretty decent man, but just too short to see Jesus. Poor little guy. And that's an inaccurate picture of Zacchaeus. And that this man may have been a wee little man, But this man had also probably been a very bad little man in his life. Kent Hughes says that Zacchaeus had been a kingpin of the Jericho tax cartel and had probably had the scruples of a modern-day crack dealer. Philip Riken says that like a pimp, Zacchaeus made his money off the backs of his own people. This wee little man had probably been a very bad little man, a dishonest, cheating, swindling, extorting thief, a serious sinner, a very lost sinner. And at the start of this passage here, Zacchaeus, is, he, he's cut off from the people of God. He's a total outsider in, in this Jewish society, but he's also cut off from God himself. His, his sin separating him from the God who created him, a very lost, wee little sinner. But man, Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus heard that, that Jesus was passing through his town. And Luke says here that Zacchaeus was now seeking to see Jesus. We don't know why. We don't know why Zacchaeus was seeking to to see 
Jesus. Maybe he was just curious. He'd heard about Jesus, heard about his teachings, his, his miracles, and now he's just curious to see who this Jesus is. Or, or, or maybe it's something more. Maybe Zacchaeus, deep in his heart, has somehow begun to grow restless, dissatisfied, discontent, no longer fulfilled in life, just heaping up more and more dishonest money. Maybe, maybe this growing and gnawing feeling inside that there, there must be more to this life. A growing emptiness inside of his heart. Man, that, that's how the Holy Spirit often works on lost sinners. When the Holy Spirit wants to bring you as a lost sinner to Jesus, he will often begin by making you feel very, very miserable. Very, very restless inside. Stripping away the, the false sense of fulfillment you, you used to find in life. Stripping away the pleasure you used to find in, in the sin in your life. Causing you to, to feel dissatisfied, discontent, empty, looking for something more in this life. Now, that's how the Holy Spirit brought St. Augustine to Jesus. After St. Augustine finally came to Jesus in faith, he, he looked back at his life as a lost sinner, and, and he said this to God. He said, you were always present back then, God, angry, and yet merciful all at once, strewing the pangs of bitterness over all my sinful pleasures in order to lead me on to look for other pleasures that were not allied with pain. Your goad, O oh God, was thrusting at my heart, giving me no peace until the eye of my soul could discern you without mistake. And you know, it's possible that Zacchaeus has begun to experience something like that. His sinful pleasure now bitter. The Holy Spirit goad, thrusting at his heart, giving him no peace, causing him to search for something more, causing him to desire for some reason to see Jesus. <laughs> the problem here is that Zacchaeus cannot see Jesus. The crowd's too big. Zacchaeus is too small. <laughs> you read through the story, just picture like a, a Danny DeVito looking guy kind of jumping up and down behind this massive crowd. Okay, no possible way the little Danny DeVito is, is actually going to be able to see Jesus. And man, this crowd here probably didn't want him to see Jesus. Zacchaeus was a scum of the earth to them. An unclean outsider. They were probably boxing him out here. You want to see Jesus? No way. Keeping him from seeing Jesus. So Luke says in verse 4 that Zacchaeus runs ahead, I think running ahead of this crowd here, climbs up into this sycamore tree. A sycamore tree has a very short trunk, which is good for a wee little man. <laughs> but it goes pretty high, so he climbs up into this tree. And now hidden high among the leaves of that tree, this lost 
sinner now has a bird's eye view of Jesus walking down the street toward him. (laughs) So first thing uh, here is um, a lost sinner. The second thing we see here is a seeking Savior. You know, Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus for some reason or another. But as it turns out, Jesus also wants to see Zacchaeus. And the ultimate seeker here in this passage is not Zacchaeus, but Jesus. Look at verse 5 again. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down. For I must stay at your house today. (laughs) So you just picture it in your mind. Jesus is passing by underneath maybe this large sycamore tree and he suddenly stops. (laughs) And don't you know Zacchaeus froze up there. Uh, Probably almost had a coronary, uh, terrified that Jesus might somehow spot him and maybe embarrass him in front of this massive crowd that already hated him. And now, terror of all terrors, Jesus lifts his eyes up and looks right at him and says his name, Zacchaeus. Don't you know that probably freaked this wee little man out just a little bit. Oh no, he sees me! And he knows my name! How does he know my name? Oh my word, you know he was trembling at this point. This guy's going to terrify me. He's going to embarrass me in front of this crowd, but Jesus doesn't. Now surprisingly, Jesus honors Zacchaeus. In front of this crowd. (laughs) Zacchaeus hurry and come down. For I must stay at your house today. I will be your guest today. Eat at your house. Stay overnight at your house. With you. (laughs) And I imagine Zacchaeus probably almost fell out of the tree. At that point. (laughs) I mean this despised outsider in Israel despised this notorious sinner that nobody liked at all. All he had hoped for was a glimpse of Jesus, this famous celebrity passing through his town, but now he's actually going to host him in his home. Man, that would have been an honor for just about anybody living in Jericho, but for a despised tax collector, that would have been a mind-blowing honor. Tax collectors didn't get honors like that. Man, you think about this encounter here between Jesus and Zacchaeus. This right here is not just some accidental random meeting. No, Jesus is on a divine mission here. This is a divine appointment. This meeting was ordained from before the foundation of the world. Jesus entered Jericho knowing who Zacchaeus was. Jesus is God in flesh. Jesus 
had known Zacchaeus' name from all eternity. And Jesus entered Jericho knowing that Zacchaeus would be in that tree. And Jesus entered Jericho pursuing Zacchaeus. And you, you, you know what Jesus is doing here in this passage? You know what he's doing? He is seeking and he is finding. 